thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We are so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. We have been taking the last several episodes and we've been teaching on praise and worship. And I tell you what, whether you realize it or not, it's an act of faith. Not only that, it's a flow of reverence for God. Brother Hagen's made the statement that he said, when reverence and honor are restored back to the church, there will be a restoration and a multiplication of the miraculous power of God. So really our reverence and respect and regard for God has something to do with miracles happening. And praising and worshiping God is a flow of reverence for God. But not only that, it is an act of faith. Why is it an act of faith? Because we are worshiping a God we do not see. And when you're dealing with the invisible, now you're in the faith realm. Amen. And so we've also been quoting something that Brother Copeland stated that is such a my, 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 this statement, I love it. It's, it's such a great statement. He said, when you pray, you lay hold of things, but when you praise, you win battles. And we all need to know how to get on the other side of that opposition. And we have to make sure we don't leave out the praise flow because so much of the time we think if there's something out here we can do to fix the problem, deal with the opposition And really praise is an expression of what's in here, not what's out here. And the natural man wants to do something in the natural. The mind wants to do something to try to figure it out. But faith has a praise and a worship that that it, uh, that it, it's a flow. Really, it's a flow of heaven. Yeah. Uh, Praise and worship is the atmosphere of heaven. When we step into praising and worshiping, we stepped into the same atmosphere that heaven uh, operates under. Amen. 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 So you can choose your flow (laughs) and you can choose your world, whichever one you want to live in. Amen. Uh, We've been also quoting something that God said to Brother Norville Hayes years ago. And he said this, my children basically love me but they live in poverty and sickness and defeat. They don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough. And we're making it clear of saying this, what is enough? Enough is long enough for the anointing to come into manifestation and destroy the yoke because it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. And as we praise and worship God, it will bring the anointing of God into manifestation. Amen. 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 Then God went on and said to Brother Norville, if you'll teach my children to worship me more, I will do great and mighty things for them. Amen. Amen. So uh, 
when God offers us a flow of great and mighty things, let's not pass it by. Amen. Let's do our part to cooperate with that. Um, In October of 2013, my husband unexpectedly went home to be with the Lord. And I will say this, that not only, and we've been talking about it in the previous episodes, that there's nothing you can't praise your way out of. There's nothing you can't praise your way into if you need to get into something. But I will say this, that praise and worship will keep you in the flow of your choice. There were other flows offered me at the time of my husband's home going. I could have... I could have gone into the flow of grief. I could have gone into the flow of sorrow, but I knew that you get into that hole and you'll have to get yourself back out of that hole. And there's no sense in going there. Yes, God will help you out, but why even go in? And I recognized this, that grieving and sorrowing for my husband was not a flow of honor. It was not how I showed I loved him. It was not how I showed my thoughts toward what happened. If uh, grief and sorrow were a flow of honor, then why did Jesus come redeem us from it? It says he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Why? Because that's not the flow that God wants for our life. And uh, I had a choice to make that day. And I I chose my, I chose. And uh, I decided that grief and sorrow will not define the flow of my life. Now you say, well, Pastor Nancy, I don't want it to to define the flow of my life either. Well, then I would encourage you to do what I did. At that time, basically, I spent hours worshiping God. I spent hours worshiping God day after day after day. Why? That kept me out of any other flow offered me. So on purpose, we can choose the flow of praise. On purpose, we can choose the flow of worship and it holds us out of the mental arena And it is an act of faith and it holds us in the faith arena, the spirit arena. Amen. Amen. And so if you can keep from going into a flow of grief and sorrow by worshiping God, you can get out of a flow of sorrow and grief by worshiping God. Amen. Amen. And what, you know, grief and sorrow comes because we're focused on what we lost or the difficulty but praise and worship holds our focus on God. You can't get into a flow of grief focused on God. That's right. You can't get into sorrow focused on God. Right. Amen. Amen. And so that's why I just took hours a day and I just worshiped God all throughout the day. Why? To hold my attention mm-hmm. on the right flow, the flow I chose. Yeah. Amen. 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 So um, there have been times I can say in my life that every exit road out of every test I've ever gone through, the exit road was paved with praise and worship. Mm. That's good. And when I got on that, that, that road of praise and worship, rejoicing in the Lord, yeah. rejoicing yes. in the Lord, that was my exit out. Yes. Amen. Amen. And uh, until we do that, and that's what James says in James chapter one, verse two, count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into diverse tests and temptations. And really rejoicing is nothing but praising and worshiping God. Amen. Amen. I say this and it's so important. The word tells us uh, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. 
but it's righteousness, Mm -hmm. peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So notice what the kingdom of God is. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. Those are flows, forces that belong belong to us. We've been made righteous with Jesus's righteousness. He was right with the Father and he shared that righteousness with us, made it ours. Um, Peace and joy are fruits of the Spirit. They're, They're resident in every believer. Every circumstance in your life is not going to offer you peace and joy. (laughs) Tests and trials are not going to offer you peace and joy, but that's okay. You brought your own. You got your own in you. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is in you, and that's what the force is that's in you, is righteousness, peace, and joy. And I tell you, at, at, at a tragic day of my life at my husband's home going, the, the flow of peace and joy was not removed from me. That's right. I still had it as an option to choose. Yes. And I chose to stay in that flow by rejoicing and praising God, not for what happened, but for knowing, first of all, the victory of his home going. I mean, he arrived in heaven. Where's the loss in that? Come on. That's right. Amen. Uh, yes, I would have liked him to stay here longer, but uh, that doesn't mean that I have to give up my joy and peace because that doesn't change anything. That's right. That doesn't change to bring him back, you see. And so I chose that day. And I tell you, every day you choose. You choose. And if we have a flow of praising and worshiping God, what's the psalmist say when David wrote the book of Psalms? He said, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Do you know that that's an instruction to us? And I was not authorized to lay that instruction aside just because my husband left the earth. I wasn't authorized. I wasn't authorized to think that that word was not worthy of doing at that moment. That word was such the help in that moment. that I continually praised God during that season and it kept the door closed to the wrong thing. And at times, and uh, like I said, at other times of test and trial in my life, that's how, that was the door I opened to exit out Mm -hmm. is rejoicing and praising God and worshiping him, not trying to get something, but for knowing what he had already made mine. Amen. Amen. Now I remember one, one test in particular that for a season, I mean, just mental bombardment on my mind. And I referred to it in the previous episode. And I went to God and I said, God, I said, because it had lasted about a year and a half, I was spending hours a day praying in the spirit, reading my Bible, confessing the word, doing everything I knew to do on taking my stand of faith. And I said, God, I'm doing it wrong. I'm leaving something out. And the spirit of God spoke to me and said, the praise cure. And so I started praising and uh, that was the emphasis of what I did all day long. If I woke up in the middle of the night, I'd just lay there and praise God. My, my whole atten- I was wholehearted in that direction. I was doing everything I could in that direction, praising and worshiping God. If I was by myself, I did it out loud. If I was around other people, I did it quietly under my breath. But I remember after one week, 
of praising God. And I tell you, when I first started it, the devil said, that's not going to fix your problem. That's not enough. Why? Because he knew I'd just hit on the missing element. I had gotten behind in praise. When things aren't working right, check, are you current on praise? Or are you behind on your praise? And so I just kept worshiping God and worshiping God and worshiping God. And after a one week of doing it, I remember where I was sitting. We had people, company that were over at the house. And I was just sitting there quietly to myself saying, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. No one heard me, but just between me and God. Yeah. Yes. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And I mean, I was under such mental pressure. I couldn't even come up with anything other than praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I wasn't trying to be creative in the way I said it. And so uh, I was sitting there saying, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And all of a sudden, because see, I had been entrenched in the mental arena for so long. And when you're entrenched in the mental arena, it takes time to get out of that place sometimes. And so that's why after a week of just praising the Lord, I was moving out of that entrenchment. (laughs) I was backing out of that mental arena. And I was sitting there on a Wednesday night and the, the company was in the house and they were all talking and I was sitting there, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And all of a sudden, it just like this, Dad Hagen used to describe it this way, like a coin dropping in a vending machine. You heard it click. You didn't see it click, you heard it. And that was exactly what happened. I said, praise the Lord, and something clicked. I stepped into my spirit. I got out of that mental, stepped into my spirit, and that's where the issues of life flow from. And so I, I, I said it, praise the Lord, and this time it was in the spirit that I said it. See, that's the key. Why, you say, Pastor Nancy, how long do I have to say it? How long does it take to get out of the mental arena to the spirit arena? I can't tell you for you. Mm-hmm. However long it takes, just keep doing it. Keep doing it. And so I, uh, I said, praise the Lord. And I, that clicked in my spirit. And when it did, the word of the Lord came to me. Mm-hmm. He said, now tell that spirit that's been troubling your mind to desist in its maneuvers against you. So I got up, I left the room. I went into the, the, the restroom there at the home. I shut the door, locked it. And just as quietly like this, I said, now that spirit that's been trying, that's been troubling my mind, you desist in your maneuvers in Jesus name. And I felt something lessen. It wasn't completely gone, but I felt it's almost like it stood off, but it was still present in the room. And while it was present in the room, it said, I'm not gone yet. I'm not gone yet. I'm not gone yet. I'm not gone yet. You know, the Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee. Mm-hmm. Let me just say this. While he's fleeing, he's talking the whole time he's leaving. <laughs> he doesn't flee with his mouth shut. Right. He flees slinging threats back. Why? Yeah. Hoping to deceive you so he can stay. Right. Oh, and so I said, no, you're done. Yeah. You're done. You've been caught. Yes. You've been found out and you're done. Yeah. And so I walked in there and I didn't stay in that bathroom and keep dealing with that thing. Mm-hmm. I walked out and said, we're done. Yeah. And uh, for the next about day and a half, kept saying, I'm still here. It's not over. I'm still here. It's not over. And I just ignored it. And I just kept praising God. Amen. And this is the illustration God gave me. He said, you've seen in an old Western movie how when there was an emergency in town, 
and somebody would run and ring the church bell mm -hmm. in that little community because that was the way of notifying the community of an emergency. Said somebody would jump on that rope and ring that bell. And once, the, once that bell had been rung and they're notified, whoever was on the rope, let's go. Mm -hmm. But the bell keeps ringing. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, the bell will always lose momentum. No one's on the rope anymore. It's just the momentum of someone having been on the rope. Yeah. And that's what the Spirit of God said to me. The devil is just, that's just, because you can feel the effects of him having been there, but that's just the momentum. It's not like everything stops sometimes in a moment, but it just dies down and it dies down and it dies down. What? It's losing momentum. Why? Because faith addressed it. So don't be concerned about the momentum that stays after you've dealt with it. Yes. Once you know you've got it in your spirit, it doesn't matter what kind of symptoms you feel. They're just, it, that's just momentum of the, the, the opposition having been there. Right. You just stay worshiping God and as you do, that will die down more and more and more. And within a day and a half or so, every bit of it was gone. And after a, after a year and a half, it was over. Amen. Amen. The Amen. devil's always trying to dupe. He's yeah. always trying to deceive to get back in, yeah. but keep the door closed to him. Yeah. Praising and worshiping is how I kept the door closed while the momentum of that thing was dying down. Um, one of my favorite testimonies out of the ministry of Smith Wigglesworth, he was an English preacher whose ministry was on the forefront in the first half of the 1900s. And... Uh, he talked about the time he was called to the home of a, of a man. His wife was dying, and really she was skeletal. She was in the final stages, really just within moments of dying. And he was, Smith Wigglesworth was asked to come and pray along with some other Christians for her. So they circled around her bed, and one by one, the different Christians gathered, began to pray. And they, one would pray, oh, God, comfort the wife, I mean the husband, of, the, of losing his wife. Another, another would pray, oh God, comfort the children. So Smith Wigglesworth said, by the time they got done praying, they already had her buried. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, when it came time for me to pray, he said, I began praying. And he said, over, over her bed appeared the face of Jesus. And she was raised up completely healed. Amen. And afterwards, they're talking about it. And they're saying, well, how come when we prayed, she wasn't raised up. And he said this, which is so key. He said, when you prayed, you prayed looking at the dying woman. Yeah. I prayed looking at Jesus. Yeah. Praise and worship holds you looking at the right thing. Yeah. That's the value of praise and worship. Yeah. When you're opposed and surrounded with circumstances, that's the time to increase right. the praise and right. worship yeah. to hold your, your gaze steady on God and his word. Right. Amen. Because although these, these situations and circumstances come to tempt you to sway you away from the word and away from your fellowship and your place with God, just know this, praise and worship will fortify you there. Why? It's an act of faith. And it is the best way to immediately draw your attention in God's direction, in the direction of the word. Amen. So it matters what you're looking at. Dad Hagen told the story that the time that him and Mom Hagen were called to pray for the wife of a minister, a pastor, his wife was dying. And Mom and Dad Hagen drove 
to their city and they intended to stay for several days with them in praying for her. So they ate very little. They slept very little. They would just stay and they would, uh, they were just praying for this pastor's wife. And they had been praying about two or three days. And Brother Hagen said something to the pastor. He says, I've never prayed this long for anything without getting an answer. So he said, it's not on God's end. We need to quit working on God's end. We need to work on our end. What did he mean by God's end? They're trying to get God to send something. He said, we need to work on our end. Our end is the receiving end. And he, he told this story. He said, you know, if you're listening to a radio station and he said, you can't, your signal is interrupted. He said, you don't call the radio station and say, you need to fix your tower down there. Right. What you need to do is reposition yourself so that your, your car or your device can get the signal. Yes. And he said, we've been out of position. We're not getting the signal. And we've been trying to talk to God about him correcting his end. We need to correct our end. Yes. And so he said, I tell you what, let's not go in and pray for her today. Let's go in and praise over her today. Yeah. What is that? That's the receiving end. Yes. So they began to just praise and worship around the bed. And as they praised and worshiped, the answer came. The thing they needed to know came. God spoke to Dad Hagen and said, go stand at the foot of the bed and tell that spirit of fear and doubt to leave her in Jesus' name. And he says, I did it. And he said something like a bat rose up out of her chest. She had breast cancer and rose up out of her chest and flew out the window. And the pastor said, I just felt something go by me right then, you see. Well, what was that? While they were praising and worshiping, it positioned them to hear what they needed to know. While you're praising and worshiping, your attention's on him and the one you're you're focused on is the one that can be heard. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. He said, then she got up out of the bed and went outside and ate watermelon with us. She was instantly healed, instantly whole. But see, praising and worshiping put them on the road of exiting that difficulty, you see. Um, Another testimony that's told about a young man during the 30s. He was a young minister. He hadn't been married too long. He had a new wife. He had a new baby. He was a traveling, he was an evangelist. And during the course of his travels, He began coughing and having problems and it was diagnosed that he had tuberculosis. And back then that was pretty much a death sentence. And um, so every church he would go to, he would say, you know, I've been diagnosed with tuberculosis. I'm asking you every time you think of me, would you pray for me? And uh, he said, and see to it that you do think of me. And he did that in every church he went to. And every congregation would raise their hand and say, yes, we'll pray. Every time we think of you, we'll pray for your healing. And so after months of this, he got in such bad shape physically, he just kept going down and down and down that he ended up having to live with his in-laws because he was not physically able to take care of his own family. Mm -hmm. So he went and lived with her parents and him and his wife and the new baby. And he said, I had become bedridden by now. 
and he said, uh, one day they were all out of the house and he said, I was laying there looking out the window and there was a grove of trees a distance from the house. And he said, you know, when you lay in bedridden, he says, I got tired of being in that bed. I got tired of being in that room. And he says, I just longed for to get out of that place. Yeah. And he, he thought to himself, I'd love to go down to that, that grove of trees and be out there. And he was thinking as he laid there, he said, you know, I've asked multiple congregations and hundreds and hundreds of people have agreed to pray for my healing. And so if it were prayer I needed for healing, I'd have been healed by now. When you got hundreds praying, right? That's good, that's good calculations, good thinking, right? And he said, so evidently it's not prayer for healing I need because I've had that and I'm still not healed. He said, I tell you what, I'm just going to praise God that I am healed. So he said, and physically he couldn't do this, but he said, God, I ask you to give me the strength. I want to get down to that grove of trees. And he said, the devil said to him, you go out there and they'll never find you and the buzzards will lead them to you. You'll die out there. And he said, well, if I die out there, it's no different than dying in here. And he crawled out and got down to that grove of trees and he was completely exhausted and he laid there and he was exhausted. And he said, I I just laid there and said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He said, you couldn't even hear me above a whisper. He said, that's how much my lungs could not support me. And he said, and I'm saying, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He said, after a period of time, he said, I realized all of a sudden, I'm getting louder. I'm speaking in a regular tone. He said, at the end of two hours, I'm standing up on my feet. I got my hand raised and I'm shouting so loud that they heard me a mile away. He praised his way out of that test. There's nothing you can't praise your way out of. Amen. When you remember what the word says, you're praising him for the word you know. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, the reason we're able to come to you today is for one reason. Kenneth Copeland Ministries has made this time available to us. They have sowed this time to us. And I cannot tell you what that means to us and to this ministry. We so value and honor the place that they have given us here. And it's our complete privilege to minister to you. And I ask that if you're not already to pray about becoming a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries because it keeps ministries like mine and the other broadcasters coming into your homes and speaking the word. And so we ask you pray about it. Go to kcm.org and you can find information on partnership and you can sign up for partnership there. And we encourage you to do that. I tell you what, these things are life and death. They set our life on course and it matters to us that Kenneth Copeland Ministries has provided this outlet for us to hear this word. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been teaching today out of my book called Worship. We want you to get your copy of it. It will be a blessing to you. Go to our website at DufresneMinistries.org and let us know that you want your copy of it. And I tell you what, feed on it because there's great and mighty things that are waiting for us as we give ourselves to praising and worshiping God more. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. 
To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. This powerful book by Nancy Dufresne teaches on how to worship and bring the atmosphere of heaven into your home and surrounding your life. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.